Welcome to episode 31 of the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. There is a kingdom connection in scripture between what a man does for a living and how he impacts the world. This is Leadership in Context, a conversation on leadership in the context of the local church. For show notes, email podcast at innerpastors.com. And now here's Keith Tusi. I want to read you a few verses from Acts, the 18th chapter, and I want to talk about empowering ministry. I want to talk about equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. Let me read you these very interesting verses from Acts 1 through 5. And after these things, he left Athens, speaking of Paul, and he went to Corinth and found a Jew named Aquila a native of Pontius, having recently come from Italy, and his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome, he came to them. And because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them, and they were working, for by trade they were tent makers. So Paul developed a relationship with Priscilla and Aquila because they were of the same trade, they were tent makers. And he was reasoning in the synagogue every Sabbath and trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. But he was making tents. He was paying his way in the ministry. But when Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul began devoting himself completely to the word, solemnly testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. So here you have Paul who's earning his way in ministry. He's being bivocational. He is working with Aquila and Priscilla, and they are entrepreneurs, and Paul is working with them. And so when Silas, Silas excuse me, and Timothy come down, it's obvious when they came down, Paul stopped working and gave his full attention to the preaching and teaching of the word. Why was he able to give his full attention to the preaching of the word? Because Silas and Timothy picked up some of the work mantle that Aquila and Priscilla were supplying by their trade. The truth is that in the scripture, people's occupations are talked about many times. It's not coincidental that Jesus is identified as a carpenter, that his disciples are found casting nets and mending nets and sitting, collecting taxes, that these people have jobs, that Nehemiah was a cupbearer, that Amos was a picker of fruit, etc. Okay, so we see that there is a kingdom connection between what a man does for a living and how he impacts the world. And when I read Ephesians 4 about equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, I think we need to read it a little bit larger than we do sometimes. I think sometimes we make it so narrow that we need to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, and we add in there that we need done, as opposed to maybe what God is doing in them to build them up, to raise them up, to release them in ministry. What I'm suggesting to you 
is that vocational ministry, market ministry, entrepreneurship is a vital kingdom gift that God has used historically to impact the church. And we know he's used it to impact the church in terms of generosity. There's hardly a church that I know of that has not been impacted by businessmen and entrepreneurs who have been blessed and have chosen to share that blessing with the work of God. But I think we need to take it to the next level. I believe if we would recognize these business opportunities, these businessmen and women, as being marketplace evangelists and and disciple makers, and equip them to do the work of their ministry, not just to do the work of our ministry, we might really catch a tiger by the tail. I'm just going to give you a short testimony. A number of years ago, I had a man in our church, had a fairly good job, had several, four or five small children at home. Uh, The job went away. The industry went away. I asked him what he wanted to do. He said, well, he'd like to go into business for himself. He did have a trade, but he didn't have the business sense. He didn't have the money. And, uh, but I believe the guy had a lot of potential and I certainly didn't have all the answers, but to make a long story short, I was able to connect with some people. We helped him get started in business. And I'm going to tell you over the course of several years, that man became an outrageous giver. He brought more people into the church than any other person, any small group leader, any staff pastor, anybody. This man brought more people into that church than anybody. And today, many years later, his grandson is a staff member of that same church. There's a generational blessing that went along with that. Likewise, one of the men that really helped disciple me in the early goings and teach me some uh, things about growing up and becoming a man was a man who was a businessman. He had been in ministry. He'd been a staff pastor, not a lead pastor, but a staff pastor of a very large and influential church. And he walked away from that because he said he believed he could make a greater impact. He could touch more people. He was very discipleship oriented and he could multiply himself better in the marketplace than he was able to do with his particular calling just inside the walls of the church. I think that's pretty phenomenal. And I think a lot of times we have people sitting in our church and we're trying to plug them into areas of ministry, not that everybody shouldn't be a servant, but maybe not realizing that if we could help empower them, if we could empower them to do their ministry, that doesn't mean we have to know the nuances of their craft and their trade and their skill, but as a leader, be able to connect them possibly to people who do. That's what I did in this one gentleman's case. I had a very sad case several years ago. There was a businessman in our community that I had built a little bit of a relationship with. He attended a good church. I knew his pastor actually had spoken in the church, oh, probably a half a dozen times over a 10-year period. And, uh, this guy was was just a sweet-spirited guy, and I remember one time I even went by and just took him to lunch and thanked him for how generous he had been to me and how he'd helped me with some things, and and uh, he he kind of died unexpectedly, and uh, I had some closeness to one segment of his family, and they were dumbfounded to find out that this man's business affairs were in shambles, that he was deeply in debt and had been juggling things for quite some time. His family didn't know it. 
The people that worked for him didn't know it. Uh, the company that he represented and sold their products didn't know it. And, you know, here he was in this church all these years and had a good relationship with his pastor. But there was no one that was apparently pastoring him, asking him questions about what is going on in your life and do you need any help, those type of things. What I'm saying to you is this, that there is a homogeneous dynamic with businessmen and entrepreneurs just like there is with surfers or musicians or people that have a certain skill in art and they attract to one another and they multiply with one another. They run together. There is a synergy. There is an energy that comes with those people and we need not only to capitalize on it for the kingdom of God, but we need to empower that these people can fulfill the calling that is on their life so they can do the things that God has called them to do. What can we do? Number one, we don't have to be business experts, but we ought to pastor them and help them pastor their business. Ask them direct questions and help them to get help because you know a lot of men that are great at certain things they can be very weak at other things men are not notoriously good at asking for help so having a pastor that's involved in their life and asking them questions and helping them along and if you're a businessman listening to this having a pastor that you can go to and say hey look I'm I'm having trouble hiring people do you have any input I'm I'm having trouble you know dealing with the people I'm I'm uh, dealing business with or I'm renting or leasing equipment off of or a building off of do you, know, do you have any input on this and chances are in that body of Christ if not in that local church in that community there is somebody that your pastor may be able to point you to to and over the years I've been able to do that with the number of people that have helped them radically succeed. And I think as a result of that, they have felt a deep gratitude toward the work of the ministry that I've been involved in and has shown their appreciation for that in many ways. You know, just one of the little things I did in our meetings when meeting with the prayer guys, I always specifically prayed for the people in our church that were self-employed and the people that were working on commission. We prayed for God's blessing. We prayed for favor with them. We prayed that all their accounts would come in. We prayed those type of prayers. Uh, and also, like for men's meetings, I would bring people in to train us. I brought an insurance agent in to teach us about buying insurance and questions we should ask. I brought a car dealer in. I know men all men think they know how to buy a car, but I brought a car dealer in to teach us about how to buy a car and what's the best season to buy and what are the best questions and, you know, is it really worth trading your car or not? These are great things. So you start getting inside people's financial realm and impacting them there. I believe that's one of the ways you equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. But I think we need to enlarge our definition of ministry. We need to see it not just as the fivefold ministry, but all the ministries that can run off of the fivefold. So I hope you take some real consideration. Look around you and look at the people that are working hard, trying to start a business or may have established businesses. Don't assume that they know everything. They've got it all together. Take them out for lunch or breakfast. Ask them some pointed questions about how they're doing, how they're doing with their employees, those type of things. And uh, offer 
by your actions to help equip them and impart to them. I believe you'll get a very favorable response. You know, when I was reading that Acts 18 story, it really hit me that God took those temporal skills and he used them as a synergy to blast great ministry into that whole region of the world. Isn't that amazing? God used these men's occupations. And I believe God wants to use his men today to help men in their occupations and in their vocations. You get a happy man working and prospering what he's doing, he's going to bring other people into that church so they can be happy too. Hey, God bless you. This is Keith Tusi. Great sharing with you. Today, Keith had a discussion about marketplace ministry. We need to recognize what God is doing in businessmen and women that he has placed in our church body. They are marketplace evangelists and disciple makers. Vocational ministry, marketplace ministry, and entrepreneurship are vital kingdom gifts that God has used historically to impact the church. Let's pastor these men and women, empower and equip them in their ministry. As we do this, we will have the privilege of watching them explode into their calling. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at inourpastors.com. If you would like more information, check out our website, inourpastors.com. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at In Our Pastors. See you next week.